Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a terrific show for you today, including special guest William Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Jack Nortman. He's a local... I'm going to call him civic-minded guy. He serves on several boards. I've served on a board with him. He's just completed a mission to Poland, and we'll find out about that. That's to help the folks in Ukraine. Brad Palumbo is domestic uh, uh, correspondent for the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. And we'll visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books. His latest, I'm just reading right now, it's really terrific, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Well, it is July the 29th, and on this day in 1958, the U.S. Congress passed legislation establishing the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or better known as NASA, a civilian agency responsible for coordinating America's activities in space. NASA had since uh, sponsored space uh, expeditions, both human and mechanical, that have yielded vital information about the solar system and the universe. It's also launched numerous Earth-orbiting satellites that have been instrumental in everything from weather forecasting to navigation to global communications. It was created in response to the Soviet Union's October 4, 1957 launch of its first satellite, Sputnik 1, the 183-pound basketball-sized satellite orbited the Earth in 98 minutes. Sputnik launch caught the Americans by surprise and sparked fears the Soviets might be capable of sending missiles with nuclear weapons from Europe to America. The United States prided itself on being in the forefront of technology and embarrassed, immediately began developing a response signaling the uh, start of the U.S.-Soviet space race. On November the 3rd, 1957, Soviets launched Spacenik Sputnik 2, which carried a dog named Light Latka. In December, America uh, attempted to launch a uh, satellite of its own called Vanguard, but it exploded shortly off takeoff. That must have been embarrassing. On January the 31st, 1958, things went better with Explorer 1, the first U.S. satellite to successfully orbit the Earth. In July of that year, Congress passed legislation officially establishing NASA from the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics and other government agencies, confirming the country's commitment to winning the space race. In May 1961, who forget this, President John F. Kennedy declared that America should put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. On a January the, uh, July the 20th, 1969, NASA's Apollo 11 mission achieved just that goal and made history with astronaut Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on the moon, famously declaring, that's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind. NASA's continued to make great advances in space exploration since the first moonwalk, including playing a major role in the construction of the International Space Station. The agency is now suffering tragic setbacks, however, such as the disasters that killed the crews of uh, Challenger's Space Shuttle in 1986 and the Columbia Space Shuttle in 2003. Also, of course, that new uh, uh, telescope that has been launched as well, just giving us amazing feedback and what's happening in our surrounding outer space. So the House on Thursday built a subsidized domestic production of semiconductor chips with aid of boosting the competition with China. The vote follows the Senate on uh, Wednesday passing the measure, which now goes to President Biden for his signature. The bill allocates roughly $280 billion to support U.S. firms in making chips. The lower chamber passed the measure by 243 to 187. Shortly before adjourning on August recess, CNBC reported... Uh, House Republicans vowed to oppose the bill, calling it a corporate welfare, though 25 Republicans ultimately backed it. Semiconductor chips are vital components in a range of high-tech devices. Also on the deal, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, came under scrutiny for his sale of 25,000 shares in chipmaker NVIDIA 
for nearly $4.1 million. He sold that off at a great loss, actually, so trying to save face about uh, his bad judgment on doing that. This makes no sense to me. Why? So there's a tremendous need uh, to produce semiconductors, and there now is a shortage. Seems to me that's the, just the perfect formula to start a business here in the United States to make semiconductors. Don't think uh, anybody needs a, an inducement or a bribe in order to do that. And there's some concern I have. I haven't seen the details of the bill, but Chuck Schumer said that, uh, or took out a paragraph saying that uh, they could only be produced here in the United States and not in China. I don't know if that's uh, going to be something that's going to be addressed before the signature, but nevertheless, a big concern. And makes no sense. Why subsidize something that's uh, where there's a great need? Just encourage uh, investors to invest in it. That's the thing to do. Well, Joe Biden on Thursday delivered remarks on the current recession in a meeting with CEOs across various sectors and industries. He addressed the second quarter GDP number that it came in at a negative 0.9%. The GDP ranked, uh, shrank by 1.6% in the first quarter. The economy is now in recession, <laughs> no matter who, who says otherwise. That's two consecutive quarters uh, of uh, negative growth. He put a new spin on the health of the economy by denying the recession. He told the CEOs that the U.S. is just transitioning to a stable, steady growth. Now, there's no doubt that we uh, expect growth to be slower than last year, but that's consistent with a transition to a stable, steady growth on inflation. Uh, Biden said, uh, I, he actually said that with a straight face, uh, just denying uh, the reality of the situation. In response to the news, Joe Biden spoke about the Green New Deal, the $700 billion spending plan announced last night. Joe Manchin, of course, surprised Washington, D.C. elites and the mainstream chattering class when he announced that his support for the Democrat Green New Deal funded by nearly $700 billion in new tax hikes. The entire spending package would be funded by new taxes on workers and producers with inflation remains at a 40-year high. Do you think that's going to be inflationary? Well, I certainly do. Joe Biden told reporters on Thursday that his Green New Deal spending will be will actually reduce the deficit. In fact, Democrats called the mega spending plan the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it, the Inflation Reduction Act. They say that they're uh, going to reduce inflation and the deficit by spending billions more in taxpayer dollars on wasteful green new energy projects and on taxing American workers. It's Bidenomics in action and at its worst. President Joe Biden on Thursday reminded Americans suffering from inflation, high tax prices and gas prices that he sent them a check for $8,000 in 2021. I didn't get my check. Did you get yours? Well, there's a reason to be down, but I started thinking about it. The first year we were able to, with the rescue plan, we were able to send them a check of eight grand, he said. I mean a check beyond that, by the way, there's more than that, <laughs> whatever that means. The president spoke about trillions he spent in Democrat-passed American rescue plan during the conversation he had with the economic advisors on the state of the economy. He mentioned of the $8,000 check was likely a reference to the temporary expansion of the child tax credit provided to some families in 2021 until he expired this year. Biden complained that the American forgot what he did for them in 2021, even as he admitted it's totally understandable. He pointed out that even for the Americans making $120,000 a year, $8,000 should mean a lot to them. That's a lot of money and so should help save a lot of people in terms of getting thrown out of their home and rental housing and a whole range of other things. It's really uh, dipping deep in the bag here for tricks, but uh, that sounds pretty absurd. Most people didn't get $8,000 in 2021. <clears throat> The Congressional Budget Office released its report Wednesday uh, predicting dramatic long-term increases in the federal deficit, debt, and spending. President Joe Biden had frequently taken credit for a reduction in the deficit of the last two years, which the CBO, CBO attributes to waning spending on coronavirus. Federal budget experts agree that the CBO's assessment going as so far as to say the deficit would have dropped in the past few years had the president done nothing. So in other words, the CBO is basically saying uh, he's exacerbated the problem for uh, de the deficit increase, and we haven't had a decrease in the de deficit. 
And Governor Ron DeSantis said the White House is trying to gaslight Americans after President Joe Biden rejects claims that the U.S. is in a recession following the GDP shrinking for a second quarter in a row. A new report said the uh, U.S. economy contracted 0.9%, making it the second straight quarter of the economy contracting. U.S. GDP dropped for a second quarter in a row, which is the definition of a recession, DeSantis said. However, the White House sent out a statement saying it is no surprise that the economy is slowing down and that the job market remains historically strong. The administration has previously told Americans not to judge the economy by the GDP or inflation alone. You know, what are you going to do? Believe me or you're lying eyes, says Biden. He didn't say that, but that's basically what that's the inference. Coming off last year's historic economic growth and regaining all the private sector jobs lost during the pandemic crisis, it's no surprise the economy is slowing down as the Federal Reserve acts to bring down inflation, said Joe Biden. The technical definition of a recession has been two consecutive quarters of negative growth, as reported by CNN in 2015 and other online education sites. The National Bureau of Economic Research said that a recession involves a significant decline in economic activity that has spread across the economy in the last, last more than a few months. While the Biden administration is uh, its legacy media cheerleaders are trying to gaslight people about the economic slowdown, we have seen Biden's poor economic stewardship and the negative impact it has on families, said DeSantis. The governor uh, uh, has continuously criticized the Biden administration for its energy and spending policies. DeSantis criticized President Biden for his plan to bring down inflation. My economic plan is focused on bringing down inflation without giving up all the economic gains we've made. Congress has an historic chance to do this by passing the CHIPS and Science Act and the Inflation Reduction Act without delay, Biden said. The Inflation Reduction Act would have reportedly invest in domestic energy production and manufacturing, extend the Affordable Care Act program, and allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drugs. Now Biden wants to tax and spend even more, which will only make things worse, said DeSantis, and he's certainly right about that. Uh, again, DeSantis just doing a terrific job as our governor. Well, uh, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser on Thursday requested the action of the National Guard to help deal with the influx of illegal aliens being bussed into Washington, D.C. More than 4,000 illegal aliens have been bussed into D.C. since mid-April. Earlier this year, Texas began dispatching buses to the southern border to transport the illegal aliens and immigrants to Washington, D.C. Governor Greg Abbott uh, announced during his press conference in April that his state would begin to use charter buses to ship illegals to the D.C. area. To help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration, uh, Texas is providing charter buses to send them out, said uh, uh, Greg Abbott. We're sending them to the United States Capitol, and we've also sent them to New York and other places. The first bus of illegal arrived in D.C. in mid-April. And Bowser called it a humanitarian crisis. That's a little bit of a, hey, not in my backyard, is what she's saying. Uh, if Texas has to deal with this issue, it seems to me that the other parts of the United States should too. And they should want Biden to deal with the immigration issue. It's not just a Texas issue at all. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up... William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. 
Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a refreshing new social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us, the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with local uh, activist Jack Dortman. Right now we have with us William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, William. Tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. Uh, We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O dot org. So, William, uh, it looks like the inflation numbers have been announced. Uh, It looks like there's no recession, though, according to Joe Biden. I want to get your (laughs) thoughts on that. Well, indeed. Uh, you know, I think uh, the president uh, further shredded his any credibility he might have had with respect to um, our present economic conditions. Uh, we, we discussed before, and it's been widely reported on, how he insisted there was no inflation in the face of inflation. And this past week, um, on Monday, he announced we're not coming into a recession. Um, on Thursday, I think it was, uh, the GDP data came down and indicated the second straight quarter of, of shrinking GDP, which I guess is the technical term for a recession. Um, and then on the yesterday, Biden said, that doesn't sound like a recession to me after <laughs> citing a bunch of favorable economic news, you know, idiosyncratic stuff. Um, so it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess, part and parcel of something we've discussed before, which is this administration's almost absurd spin in the face of reality, where, you know, up is down, night is day. Um, and again, the, the numbers don't lie, and it just makes the president look somewhat silly. I certainly agree. So he's decided now to double down and has a deal now with Manchin and Schumer to come up with this uh, $600 billion deal that's only going to be more inflationary and can create more deficits. It's just unbelievable. Maybe you could tell us about it. Unbelievable indeed, and I'm sorry to report that $600 billion is an underestimate. I mean, evidently this thing comes in at $739 billion, mm. um, and this shocked everyone. So we had put the nail in the coffin of this potential. These are the remnants of the Build Back Better agenda that yeah. Senator Manchin and Schumer had been negotiating for months, um, and we, we thought those negotiations uh, three weeks ago um, had officially broken down, but evidently in secret behind the scenes they were uh, still going at it and yeah on, on wednesday evening to the surprise of everyone they announced uh, the, an agreement on the inflation what they call the inflation reduction act um and this would raise 739 billion dollars in revenue and new taxes and you know, it, it coincides i guess the official announcement of a recession um so it's, it's just sort of a strange 
uh, federal policy response um, to a recession. I mean, it's just an unusual thing for Congress to raise taxes um, concomitant with that sort of economic news. Um, But it's uh, $300 billion would go to deficit reduction. And then the the remaining balance, so about four hundred and thirty nine odd billion dollars, um, would go to this climate bloat stuff. So uh, subsidies for uh, electric vehicles, um, subsidies for wind and solar, and uh, again, this is the sort of stuff that yeah, perhaps would have an inflationary uh, impact. Um, so it's you know I don't know what's going on. I'd praised Mansion. <laughs> I guess it was two weeks ago. Right. Um, I'd said it was a wonderful thing that he was the fulcrum of power in D.C. But now I regret saying that, and it's certainly egg on my face because, you know, again, this is, it just kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, the cherry on top of this Sunday is that uh, he's, they, I think they called it the Deficit Reduction Act or something like that. <laughs> It's the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, the Inflation (laughs) Reduction Act. So in addition to that, they passed this, uh, and this makes no sense at all, this Critical Industries Bill, which uh, just uh, pulls together about $280 billion for for semiconductors. And we certainly have a shortage of them, but if you have a need in the country, doesn't it's just a business opportunity for anybody to get in and fill that need and uh, build a business. But no, we've got to subsidize it. From your lips to God's ears, and we discussed this last week, and um, $280 billion in subsidies, the point here is to, to fight China. Um, but how do you compete with socialism through socialism? I mean, you know, as you so eloquently stated, um, it's the beauty of our market system that spontaneously we can fulfill this demand. And, you know, I don't know. So it's uh, actually I do know this is a giant boondoggle and a waste of money. And they salted it with enough pork across enough congressional districts whereby um, this thing was essentially a slam dunk. I mean, it received the support of 17 uh, Republican senators and more than two dozen Republican uh, House members, um, and it is. It's this, you know, it's unbelievable. Again, concomitant with, with the inflation news, um, that we would, you know, we would have more spending by the government, yeah. um, and wasteful spending, pointless spending, needless spending. Yeah, and let me just uh, shed a little light on. I think what I heard you say is that basically there's enough pork in this deal to to uh, satisfy the people to to vote for it. And what that means is either bringing money home to the district or contributions for campaigns, whatever it might be. Uh, it's not. It's not necessary. Well, it's definitely not for the benefit of the of the American public. Indeed. So exactly. And yeah, just to, to be absolutely clear here, um, it, they salted. But by that, I meant uh, yes, federal subsidies. So enough of these things are going to be earmarked for enough districts, whereby um, they easily won over a substantial amount of GOP support um, in both caucuses. And you know, again, the House. Um, the, the more than two dozen Republican House members who voted for it. That was after the Inflation Reduction Act. That that is Manchin and uh, Schumer's surprise announcement um, of their tax and spend bill. So it, it wasn't, um, you know, the principles weren't at play. Let me put it that way. It was to, you know, we're talking about raw politics. And alas, that's the, the nature of modern Washington D.C. Yeah, I mean, I think I will begin to see the evidence of, of these bad decisions, certainly by the midterm elections. I think this, this is going to splash all over the Democrat Party for, for what they're doing right now. I don't dispute that they are facing a shellacking, but at least with this chips bill, with this $280 billion, quote-unquote, critical industries boondoggle, I mean, this is a pox upon both their parties. I mean, again, it passed, but it easily beat the filibuster in the Senate, and it enjoyed robust bipartisan support in the House. Yeah. Again, William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit Cato, C-A-T-O dot org. William, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, Jack Nortman just returned from Poland. He was on a mission to help the folks in Ukraine, and I'm talking about the children and, and the you know people who are stranded there and uh, refugees. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. 
On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples Only Vitality and Longevity Practice, where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000 uh, square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. going to be absolutely fabulous, but also bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now and find out more. The website is Gulf Shore Playhouse. Coming up, going to be visiting with Brad Palumbo. Right now we have with us Jack Nortman. He is a citizen activist right here on the Paradise Coast. I proudly served on a board with Jack. But he's just completed a mission to uh, Poland to support the refugees from Ukraine. Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. My pleasure, indeed. So, Jack, uh, before we get into the details of the trip, uh, tell us about your motivation around this. Well... Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with my personal background. Right. You know, I'm a refugee, and uh, my parents were refugees, and uh, we didn't get a lot of help when we needed uh, help. And uh, thank goodness, um, I've done uh, fairly well, and I'm in Naples, Florida, and I'm able to help. Yeah, and that, that really does motivate me a lot. It certainly must. Now, uh, tell us about your trip. You went to uh, Poland with the idea. First of all, you, you raised some some uh, money and some support from uh, fellow people here on the Paradise Coast and around the country, and then uh, went off. Tell us about your trip and what you did. Well, we uh, we decided to go and uh, help uh, these Ukrainian refugees. Uh, my sister and I and I took my nephew to take some photographs, and uh, we had a guide, and we went uh, and met with um, many uh, NGO organizations, non-government organizations that were doing work there, and uh, we were fortunate. Uh, we raised money from friends and family and uh, wanted to put the money where we thought it would uh, do the most to help these people. And they are in dire straits. I mean, seeing them is different than watching them on TV. Sure. They're, they're afraid. They have fear. Their lives are upside down. They have no husbands with them. Uh, they're in strange places. They have to move in 90 days. They have uh, no income. It, it, it's awful. I mean, it's just an awful situation. Now, I would imagine that uh, yeah, certainly you couldn't go there and solve the whole problem, but uh, we're kind of reaching out to individual families and groups and helping them. Uh, what were some of the things that you're providing? Well, um, <clears throat> one of the things that we are uh, partnering up with uh, NGO, NGO organizations on the ground, uh, we have a seven-day-a-week distribution point for food, medicine, hygiene, supplies, toys, clothing. Uh, we feed 400 uh uh, uh, families a day, uh, and uh, we have a uh, mother and child safe place that provides uh, daycare for 25 young children and 25 Polish and English uh, classes a week wow. for the mothers so they can get more uh, situated in the environment that they're in. 
Uh, we're giving them psychological counseling, which they need very badly. Uh, we have an um, um, evangel- evangelical Christian organization that brings supplies into Lviv, and that's in the Ukraine itself uh, for distribution across uh, Ukraine and brings people out of Poland. Uh, they've created the only NGO uh, help station in the Ukrainian side hmm. uh, of the uh, Korsawa border crossing, and they're providing food and medical care and sanitary supplies. We're transporting uh, Ukrainians who are traveling onward uh, via Poland to other countries, to Europe, the U.S., and Israel. Uh, we're sending uh, truckloads of supplies uh, to other refugee camps. Uh, to the border and to uh, numerous other points, including hospitals inside Ukraine, um, housing for 380 Ukrainian uh, in hotel rooms, apartments, Krakow, and other <coughs> residential estates outside Krakow wow. uh, that houses 70 Ukrainians as well as social services. We're expecting 45 orphans from the Ukraine in the next few weeks uh, in their facility. Uh, we're also supporting... Uh, a group of LGBTQ plus friendly uh, hostels hmm. that serves uh, all refugees. And uh, we're feeding 80 Ukrainian Roma refugees. Wow. And we're doing more, but I, I gave you kind of a really quick rundown because you, you don't have a lot of time. Uh, but these people are really, really in dire straits. Uh, we took medical supplies uh, that were given to us uh, by uh, Dr. Uh, Mark Gerber down at uh, Neuroscience and Spine at Physicians Regional. They keep on calling me, telling me they have more medical equipment. He's been unbelievable, fantastic. Wow. And uh, another thing that uh, I, I just need to share with you, <clears throat> we had the um, uh, Women's of Collier County Resource Center and the Benita Quilters that made over 100 quilts for children and the mothers. Wow. Uh, in the Ukraine, and uh, we probably brought eight suitcases worth of quilts, which I personally didn't think was the best thing to bring, but it was such a hit, and it was so much appreciated, and tears came to their eyes. Uh, we we did a lot of good things for the moment to help uh, many refugees, but they're fearful, and uh, I, I just feel that uh, from a humanitarian standpoint, we just all have to help them. Yeah. Especially when we're sitting in Naples, Florida, looking at the beach. Yeah, it's true. So true. It must have been extremely satisfying. How long was the trip? Uh, we were there two weeks. Wow. It must have been extremely satisfying to see the help that you were providing. Uh, how can we participate? In other words, uh, we're here. We're so fortunate here in the Paradise Coast, living in the free state of Florida. And we say everybody's have certainly got their problems, but these people just have overwhelming burdens. I mean, just have carrying all of their possessions in a sack, perhaps, you know, children that uh, don't have their possessions uh, living anywhere they can in order to stay safe and, and not freeze to death, for goodness sake. How can we support the effort? Well, we are taking contributions, uh, and every contribution we get, it goes directly on the ground. Uh, no organizations that we're dealing with are taking any uh, any fees or any uh, um, uh, <clears throat> overhead money or anything like that. Uh, if if uh, we have a, a foundation, it's uh, all contributions are totally tax deductible. It's called the Boxcar Foundation Inc. Uh, we have a website. It's foundation uh, boxcar at gmail.com is our email address. And uh, if you just uh, go in and put boxcarfoundation.org, uh, our site will pull up. And we appreciate anything we can get, anywhere from $5. We've got donations. Uh, we, In fact, uh, I just have to show you, my grandson did a lemonade stand. He raised $335 wow. in one day with a big sign that said, all funds go to refugee children in Ukraine. That is so inspiring. That is so cool. So everything helps. We've gotten five-figure donations as low as $5. Yeah. And all of it means something. You're really helping people. And again, the uh, um, the site is uh, the theboxcarfoundation.org. And uh, you can either send a check, you can do it through Visa, you can do it any way that uh, you'd like. And Again, your help is appreciated, and these people really, really do need it. Well, no, I mean, and I appreciate it, too. Just to let our listeners know, the boxcar references to the fact that Jack, 
I think probably the only boxcar coming, the boxcars uh, used, uh, one of the boxcars used in transporting Jews during the Second World War to, uh, to concentration camps. And there's one now sitting here in Naples, and it's being used to educate kids all around the uh, Collier County and adults about the, uh, the, the miseries of uh, discrimination and, uh, you know, the, 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 what happened, the plight of what we, you know, what we have the ability to do to other people uh, if we're not careful about uh, being tolerant and, and, uh, f- and free. So, again, Jack, I just really appreciate your efforts. Again, uh, that's uh, Checks to Boxcar Foundation, Inc., uh, but the best place to go is to boxcarfoundation.org, boxcarfoundation.org, and uh, uh, take the direction to figure out how you can contribute and, and help out. Jack, really, any other final comments before I let you go? Well, I just want to thank everybody in the uh, Southwest Florida that supported this. Uh, it's been very successful. We've helped a lot of people. We do put smiles on some people, and... Um, we just need to do it from a human to human standpoint. It's, I think it's really important and it's important that we show our children examples of what we're doing. All right, Jack, just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show and thank you so much for, for your contribution. And thank you, Bob. And thanks to everybody out there that can help us. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Brad Palumbo. He is the domestic correspondent for the foundation for economic education. That and more right here in the Bob Harden show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Right now we have with us Brad Palumbo. He is the domestic correspondent for the Foundation for Economic Education. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Brad. Tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Well, it's the nation's largest and oldest free market think tank. Head to fee.org to learn more. 
Fee.org, it's a terrific organization, especially for kids uh, in high school and college age. Just if you have a young person in your life, make sure you introduce them to Fee.org. It's a terrific organization. So, Brad, uh, you wrote an interesting column about vaping and uh, the, the machinations of taxing and so forth. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, so for folks that don't know, vaping and e-cigarettes are a big alternative to traditional smoking. And public health experts have actually really appreciated them, not because it's great for you, but because according to the public health in uh, England, it's about 95% safer than traditional cigarette smoking because uh, vaping and cigarettes don't have uh, carcinogens like tar, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, e-cigarettes that, that are in traditional cigarettes. So it's not the nicotine that gives you cancer. It's the tar and the other carcinogens. So. It has other health risks, but it's a lot safer. It doesn't give you lung and mouth cancer nearly, nearly, nearly at the same rate. But of course, you know, a bunch of governments and politicians have decided to regulate and tax the heck out of these products. Um, And a new study from Yale just found that these taxes that about half of states have put on them have actually encouraged more young people age 18 to 25 to increase their consumption of traditional, old-fashioned cigarettes. In other words, in a sense, it's a way, let's let's tax them so they'll buy cigarettes and kill themselves, <laughs> as opposed to vaping. You know, vaping's not good, but, uh, but cigarettes are worse. Yeah, it's not. Uh, vaping isn't great, to be clear, you're right, but cigarettes are a lot worse. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just a good example of how when the government tries to micromanage our lives, they can't account for every possibility. So they end up causing these unintended consequences that far dwarf any positives because the study showed that the taxes did successfully reduce consumption of vape products among teenagers. That was the goal. But it also led to a big increase in traditional cigarettes. And the health costs of that are much bigger, right? Then you're talking cancer, not just nicotine addiction or some of the health issues that come with vaping. Um, And so on that, this was a big loss for public health from the same people that are supposed to be, you know, our better angels operating like benevolent bureaucrats. Well, it backfired time and time again. We see this. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, and this is a good example. So thanks for sharing that, Brad. I want to get your thoughts about this uh, uh, deficit reduction plan. <laughs> I, I can't even say it with a straight face. Plan that the Senate passed, and now they've sent it on to the President of the United States as a 6 or $700 billion bill. What are your thoughts? So I have a lot of thoughts, but Biden's legislation... Um, with the Democrats that they just rolled out, they're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act. And I, I think it was Shakespeare who said a rose by any other name is still a rose. Yeah. Well, a turd by any other name is still a turd. <laughs> yeah. um, this is not an Inflation Reduction Act in any meaningful sense of the word. It has about uh, 400 and something billion of new spending a lot of which goes to Green New Deal style energy tax credits and green energy subsidies. And then it has a massive tax hike on businesses um, at the time when we can least possibly afford it. Right. And if you take it all at face value, you use their most positive assumptions that they're making about it, it will lead to about $30 billion a year in deficit reduction over the next 10 years that unfortunately bob in a country where we are 30.6 trillion dollars in debt and projected to run deficits of more than a trillion to to almost two trillion is a rounding error yeah and they're saying that because they're shaving a few billion off their massive deficits that's going to reduce inflation it is a joke you know, and uh, unfortunately, in my view, when we take a look around and see what's happened in Sri Lanka, what's happening in the Netherlands and other places, uh, this their miseries, their economic miseries, are pretty much created by the quote unquote their own Green New Deal. So this whole this whole notion is we're following their same footsteps. We're trying to push this Green New Deal. It's going to lead to serious uh, economic consequences. 
Yeah, look, I also think it's a bad idea, especially right now when so many people are paying $5 a gallon for gas. Right. Um, I also, I, I just would point out that even if you take everything at face value and you use kind of the um, United Nations models and everything, well, statistical analysis from the Heritage Foundation showed that if you if the United States stopped all carbon emissions tomorrow, it would make only about a tenth of a degree Celsius difference in global temperature rise because India and China are making more coal plants. They're ratcheting up their emissions. So this idea that we should try to transform our economy radically, overhaul everything, uh, take enormous risks, upend American energy, and have a lot of costs that people have to deal with, when even under their terms, it wouldn't make any difference. To me, it just seems nonsensical. But we, if we're being honest, it doesn't have to make sense because it's not really about the environment. AOC's former chief of staff admitted as much. She said uh, that it was more about an economic overhaul of society. Yeah, that, and uh, again, the, the whole notion of carbon emissions, uh, carbon, you know, uh, carbon dioxide is plants, plant food. And the history shows that if we look back, the times where we had more carbon dioxide, which is a trace element in the environment, the more we had, the more lush and green the earth was. So that uh, it's it's a, the whole premise of the whole idea is it's flawed. It's simply a way to support special interest groups and uh, at the expense of the American people. Well, one special interest group that I wish we would support and not support them through subsidies or anything, but it's just nuclear power, right? Mm -hmm. We, I think we could have safe, affordable, efficient energy. And also, actually, if you care about that, zero climate emissions if the government would deregulate nuclear power. But in the United States, it, it's close to impossible to use nuclear power under the current rules and regulations. And for me, if you say that that's important to you, reducing carbon emissions like AOC does, but then your plans don't include nuclear power deregulation, then it makes it pretty clear that you don't actually care about reducing climate emissions. You care about expanding government power. No question. Brad Palumbo, again, domestic correspondent at the Foundation for Economic Education. Again, encourage you to visit, especially young people in your life, visit the website fee.org, F-E-E.org. Brad, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, I'm going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in Space Architecture. He's written several books. His latest is Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. And boy, is it an interesting book. I'm about um, well more than half of, the, half of the way through it is a great read. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere then 
includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of several books. I think he's got now up to 11 his latest, great read, I'm reading it right now, it's uh, Architectures uh, Beyond Boxes and Boundaries. Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, thanks for having me on again. I'm always, always appreciated, Professor. And uh, I must say that uh, uh, I've read, reading your book, you had such an interesting life and you've done so many interesting things. I'm going to say really uh, groundbreaking things in your life. Uh, what kind of, uh, yeah, I just, uh, my feedback to you is I'm just so happy that I'm reading this because I know you as a friend. What kind of feedback are you getting? Well, it's, it's kind of early. I had a, I've had some nice radio interviews on it and some commentary. Uh, it's only been, it's been out a couple of weeks or so. And, uh, that widely circulated yet, but uh, you know, I, I wrote it. I actually wrote it about three years ago, and I, I wasn't really sure I was going to publish it. Huh. And uh, I was I was urged to do so, and and you know, it's always interesting to uh, recap your life, and you kind of revisit things, and you think of uh, how one thing led to another in life. I think you know, I encourage everybody to write a book about their life because it's kind of a nice opportunity to uh look at it with a fresh perspective and and uh you know you appreciate your own achievements but you also appreciate a lot of the setbacks you learn a lot about yourself and uh, i think the more we learn about our strengths uh you know the the less fearful we are of 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 taking on uh, risks and opportunities and maybe living like more fully well, I've thought about writing a book like that, but then I start thinking about things. Oh, I don't want to write about that. <laughs> so, it's, it's kind of an inhibiting type of experience to consider. But nevertheless, for our listeners' benefit, this book is just really terrific, and I just appreciate the fact that Professor Bell has been so transparent with his life and the many things that he's accomplished and done. It's called Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Professor, you write a column also for Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. And your latest is Trump insurrection claims all about depriving his 2024 chances. I think that's absolutely right. But tell us about it. Yeah, you know, we see all this this stuff going on uh, as we, in the run-up now to the midterms. And, uh, of course, you see the Capitol, you know, the January 6th hearings in Congress, which, which uh, I think trans- pretty transparently are, Trying to get a hook into into Trump so that he can't, uh, you know, to really uh, deflect, I think, a lot of attention away from from problems that the Democrats are having right now with with inflation, with the border, with crime, with all these other issues. So they need a shiny object, I think, to attract attention away from that. But at the same time, I think there's also a, a method to the madness, which is you know their their long ball uh, plan is to try to delegitimize Trump, even technically, so that so that he can't run again to put him on the ticket. And there's a I I submit a possibility that they would use uh, there's this obscure twenty uh, fourth amendment or fourteenth amendment to the Constitution, section three, which is uh, has to do with uh, with insurrection that that if if uh, someone's uh, guilty of in, quote, quote insurrection 
that they would be ineligible to run for president. And uh, and this was a this was a amendment passed uh, back in the late 1800s uh, as as a kind of compromise proposal. Uh, a fight over whether ex ex Confederates could vote, mm-hmm. and so it uh, you know sets forth this, this this language that if if uh, someone is guilty of insurrection, they can't run for any office. Well, as you look into that, and I think if you recap the hearings, at least to date. Whereas in the run up to the hearings, all we heard about is insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. The whole you know, this 69-year-old grandmother who has breast cancer is going to jail, going to jail for two, for for two months, is obviously trying to overthrow the government. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's insanity. But but they're trying to push this uh, insurrection narrative. But but there's nothing in the testimony. I mean, now as you hear what the they're, they're concluding with the hearings as well. Trump didn't act soon enough to to stop the riot. Well, not stopping something is not an insurrection. Yeah, I think the plan is to um, really to to um, get make make it so that the uh, election committees, the Republicans, will actually uh, not put him on the ballot. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the real strategy. He's not legally to uh, make him, you know, to to make him uh, technically uh, guilty of insurrection, but rather to 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 uh, damage him, so that the, he gives a chance for some of the Rhino Republicans to make sure he doesn't get on the ballot. So yeah. I think there's another game. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. And in fact, uh, you know, you think about it. Right now, if they recommend to uh, the Department of Justice uh, a recommendation from the committee to indict him for treason and for uh, creating an insurrection, then you have uh, the uh, attorney general who was rejected as a candidate for the Supreme Court to make the decision about doing that. I think my personal opinion, uh, and I'd be interested in yours, is that uh, no matter what they do, I don't think anybody was, it's not going to dampen the enthusiasm for Trump supporters to, to uh, have him on the ticket. Well, I think there's, I think there's that. I think what they're hoping is, is to create hiatus so that, so that it'll, you know, they'll do this before the election. That's why I think they're holding this. They're, they're saying that they may have some more hearings in October and so on. I think they're, they want to create as much confusion as they can, uh, and as much turmoil as they can just before the midterms. But I also argue in, in the article the theory that they're playing the Democrats are and radicals are playing a very dangerous game because if they take Trump out of the running, you've got DeSantis out there. And DeSantis, I don't think DeSantis wants to openly say he's running because it's kind of the kiss of death to run against, you know, the foreign-shared guy. You know, he, you know, he would lose a lot of support. But but if they, if they uh, are able to, if they were somehow able to keep Trump off the primary ballot, I think they have a bigger problem with DeSantis because DeSantis doesn't have, he hasn't, he hasn't been um, uh, the feature of all the media, immediate hatred that Trump has. And so I think DeSantis would probably attract more independence than even Trump would. So I think that, I think the uh, Democrats are playing a very dangerous game and, and particularly when they, if the, uh, you know, they don't have really a bench as far as 2024. You look at, you know, who they got to run. They got Kamala and they got Buttigieg and they, you know, they got a bunch of other uh, The California people, guy, but, uh, yeah. I don't think that's going to go well for them. No, absolutely not. Uh, such an interesting column, and I want to refer our listeners to Newsmax.com and Larry's column. And he writes two or three a week. Uh, on point, you'll find that in the latest Trump insurrection, claims all about depriving his 2024 chances. Such an interesting reading. Larry, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, I enjoy it too. Thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. And again, the name of the book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design by Larry Bell. Terrific read.
Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow, or I should say for Monday. Uh, Mark Schulman is the uh, founder and publisher of HistoryCenter.com. We'll be talking, as we always do for the last 15 years, on current global events. We'll also visit with Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several books as well. And we have another guest as well. I hope, uh, by the way, I'd always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, uh, tell your friends about the show. Help uh, support the show because uh, our advertisers will appreciate that as well. And without them, we wouldn't be doing the show. So thank you so much. And again, have a great day on the Paradise Coast or weekend or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>